0: Welcome to Business Environment Insights, a podcast produced for the University of Southern Queensland's Master of Business Administration. I'm Dr. Daniel Maddock, a digital pedagogy and media specialist and part of the MBA design team. In this podcast series, we talk to leaders from a variety of industries about how they effectively navigate the internal and external environment of their businesses in a way that balances the needs and demands of all stakeholders, but also maximizes performance. These interviews were recorded via the internet, so please keep this in mind as you listen to this episode.
1: Nia Yari Giyam, Jaganba na Gayabul, Yarrawa peoples, Nia Toowoomba. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Giyabu and Yarrawa peoples in a place called Toowoomba.
0: Our guest for this episode has been in the financial service industry in both professional services and the commercial sector for close to 45 years. He has been involved with all types of organisations, from listed companies to start-ups and family-operated concerns. Paul Hilton is currently the Director of Power Tynan, a professional service firm based in Toowoomba with offices in Stanthorpe, Roma and Brisbane. He also chairs the Withcott Group, Australia's largest fruit and vegetable seedling grower, and Walker Whelan Australasia an association of 25 professional service firms in Australia and New Zealand. Paul Hilton, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Paul, can you tell me a little bit about your current role in Power Tynan and what the business does?
1: Okay. um, I'm currently a director of Power Tynan and it's a professional service firm based in Toowoomba, but there's offices in um, Stanthorpe, uh, Roma and also Brisbane. Uh, when I say professional service firm, it's predominantly accounting-based, but we do have a few other service offerings. We're a little bit different to a normal accounting firm. Like We have a, a, an IT company attached to it, which is fairly new. It's, it was a startup. It's probably three years old now. Um, then we've also a typical accounting firm. There's financial planning, finance broking, and obviously tax and auditing. But we've also got a fairly large consulting arm, which also includes an education piece. But as a director, I'm not involved on in a day-to-day basis anymore. I've gone out of that. I've, uh, I'm a bit older and i have sort of going down the other side of the slope. But that's only one role I have. I don't know if you want me to, to talk about the other roles I sit on. Other-
0: yes, I would, I would love to hear about your other roles, Paul, and also what led you to those roles and how you got to those sorts of positions.
1: Yes, okay. Um, I'm also the chairman of Wiscott Seedlings, they are a client of Power Tynan and they're the biggest fruit and vegetable seedling grower in Australia. They're based at Wiscott in Queensland, and the, on the in the Lockyer Valley. Um, I've been chair there for about five years. It's owned by two independent families, and they've requested that I chair their board monthly board meetings just to make sure they have an independent side of things, and to uh, to make sure it's run. Yeah, independently and that they're achieving their strategic goals. Uh, and then the other role is I'm chairman of Walker Whale and Australasia Limited. It's an organisation with 25 professional firms, predominantly about 20 of them are accounting firms in Australia and New Zealand. On the accounting side, we're in number about number 17 in the accounting organisations in Australia and in the top 10 in New Zealand And I've been chairman there for about five years. And in that time, we've grown from a turnover of about 50 odd million to about 115 million
0: now. Paul, can you tell me a little bit about how your career started and what led you up to this role as a director?
1: Uh, Well, I'm a qualified accountant by trade, and I've always worked in the accounting industry, whether it's on a professional side or in the commercial field, and along those lines, I've looked after firms or been involved with firms list, listing and listed on the ASX stock exchange, involved with startups, not uh, not-for-profits and family businesses. And probably about 15 years ago, I suppose it was, when I was CEO of Power Tynan, we did some mergers and acquisitions within Power Tynan and we grew fairly substantially. And in that time, I realised if I wanted to... Grow Power Time in the way I wanted it to, I needed to get out of the straight accounting side and go into, have a look at what makes a business click, what makes it perform. And I spent a lot of time myself personally, developing myself on a personal level and on a professional level. And that's where I realized that there's more to a business than accounting. And I got heavily involved then on the corporate side, what makes it tick and what makes
0: it doesn't tick. And in a sense, that's what we're talking about today uh, with the business environment. Paul, can you uh, describe to me how you see a business environment?
1: Like it's really any external influence for me personally. It's more than just business. It's everything that affects a business and everything in the outside world affects business operations. And that's whether it's political, whether it's climate, whether it's uh, social. So like it, it covers everything. Is every outside influence has a flow on effect on your business, no matter how big or small it is.
0: And then do you, do you have to then account for that in, in your planning, strategically think about what effect those things may have on your business?
1: Definitely. If you don't, you're, what I say, you're navel gazing, which means you're looking internally, you're not getting the outside influence that you should be looking at. Just have a look at what happened in the taxi industry, you know, many years ago now, I suppose it is. It was well known that Uber was out there. And I'll just talk about in Australia to start To start with. The Australian taxi industry knew Uber was out there. They weren't looking outside their own backyard. They were sitting inside just looking inside. They said, oh, it won't affect us, it won't affect us. Now, the poor old taxi industry and drivers who are all independent owners, They've suffered the consequence of Uber coming to Australia, where if if they had been looking outside at their business environment, they could have seen what was happening and they might have had an opportunity to change the way their business model operates instead of chasing their tail and trying to catch up to Uber. That's just a classic example.
0: So they could have been proactive about the situation by looking at what was occurring in other countries? Correct, 100%. And realistically,
1: technology is the biggest business environment factor affecting every industry. I don't care what it is. You know, technology is a major player. And if we're pretending it's not going to affect the way we operate our business, well, there's something, you know, you're just not looking and you're not thinking laterally enough.
0: Mm. And what influences then has technology had on your strategic planning at Power Tynan?
1: To start with, we started up our IT entity. Our T company, PT 2.0, uh, three years ago. And that came about, we, Powerton, we spend probably two full days a year reviewing our strategic plan. And we have a strategic plan that sits over a five year plan, a five year span. And then every year we review it on a high level to see what's happening, what needs what needs tweaking and everything else. And then we bring it down to really a 90-day action plan to make sure we're achieving our strategic goals. And 5 years ago we were looking at the outside environment. We were seeing how technology was changing with open platforms with with software and how artificial intelligence was changing the way you could do things and robotic learning and things like that. So and we had some IT skill sets within their firm, we spent a fair bit of time looking at okay, there's some blue ocean opportunities here because we could see the way businesses operate due to IT in a specific area that we could be ahead of the game. So we set up what we call PT 2.0 that was all in our strategic plan. And we looked at okay, how can we do it? Now this this business consults to all the big accounting firms throughout Australia, the big accounting software firms, and even one of our biggest clients at at Power Tynan. We've saved the firm a million dollars in wages uh, and our reporting platform with this firm is probably, well, the banks, they've looked at it and seen it and they said it's probably one of the best reporting platforms they've seen uh, as far as up-to-date, instant instant reporting, uh, clear reporting, transparency in numbers and everything else. So... It's, it just shows what you can do if you put your mind to it.
0: Mm. And, and it shows what being on the front foot all the time can do for a business, making sure that you're doing your research and understanding the market and the environment in which you're operating. Correct. Yes, correct.
1: And that's like in the, that was the accounting side. We didn't expect it to flow into this other business, which was a manufacturing business. And that was that was a plus. Even though we're consulting mainly in the accounting and professional service area, the other side's just as important as well.
0: Paul, to, to what extent do you think uh, the business environment itself impacts on your uh, style of leadership? It's so important.
1: If your leadership style is, as I go, I'll go back, navel gazing, you'll be very. Introspective in the way you look at things. If you've got a leadership style that is prepared to think laterally, look outside the square, all of a sudden you'll you'll be open for more ideas of what you can and can't do. And part of that is being a real authentic leader. I know it's bandied around a lot, being authentic, but being authentic on things that are important to the to the world, like we'll say the Me Too movement the Black Lives Matter, the environment, if you're not open to that and being authentic the way you should be looking at addressing those issues as a leader, internally your team will be looking at you and saying, well, you're not really giving us what we want, especially with the younger generation of employees. They're there that they want to be there because there's a social conscious in your firm. So you need to address those issues where who would think We'll say in a professional service firm, the environment would be an issue, but it is an issue whether it's Black Lives Matter or the meter, gender equality, the whole lot. You need to address all those issues because we're not, no business is operating in a cocoon, we're, we're operating as a whole.
0: That's really fascinating, Paul, because you're talking about world issues of social consciousness there, but, but reflecting on those for an accounting firm uh, and a business operations firm. Uh, based in Toowoomba in the southeast region, that, that's important for you. It's not it's not solely important to just look at uh, financial income, uh, the best ways of doing accounting in, in 2021, but it's important to look at a holistic life of, of your employees and and also your clients. It's so important.
1: Like, as I said, we're not operating in a cocoon. The world is so small because of technology and everything else even though we can't travel at the moment internationally but the world is still so small and it really highlighted the importance of looking that way for the next generation of employees the intergenerational report on australia which was released last week i think or the week before they were talking about okay the we're not going to have a population growth where are we going to get our employees and everything else so it's really and there'll be a shortage of good employees so it's important to make sure that we offer our employees or prospective employees a place to come where they want to come, where they want to be engaged with what we do, and at the same time we have a social conscience to, to satisfy them with, so they're fully engaged with what we are on about, and that's being able to have a conversation with, the, with your clients or your customer and everything else. It's all being about a full person to make you a better person, which will make your service to your clients and your customers better as well.
0: Now, Paul, that's really the crux, isn't it? How do you think this sort of thinking about the business environment has an effect on your bottom line in the end?
1: We have a really good bottom line. We're in the top 10% of accounting firms in Australia. So I know our numbers are good. It comes back to culture as well. I'll go back, that's an internal thing, culture, which you can't touch, something you cannot touch. But it's amazing how you'll get that extra 5, 10, 15% out of an employee that's fully engaged because you've got a good culture. There's no negative feeling. Everyone's pulling together. You know, everyone wants to perform at 100% and get better at the same time. We're, I'm not sure if it's appropriate. I'll bring it up here, um, whether you follow rugby league or not. But Wayne Bennett is a well known coach in Australia for rugby league, you know, he coached Australia and State of Origin, he's currently the coach of South Sydney Rugby League. He mentioned this week or last week about young players not performing at their best and people were blaming, you know, the change of rules in rugby league and everything and he said it's not that. He said it's it's the culture of the, of the clubs that they're engaged with or they're employed with. If they're not fully engaged with the clubs, the young people aren't going to give their 100%. You know, young people are looking for leaders to be able to perform where they want to, you know, at their best. And if you have a bad culture, they won't want to give that 100%. They won't even know they're not doing it, but that's what it'll come down to.
0: So that that's why you're saying that, that culture and internal influence um, has to... Uh, marry with the external influences of what's occurring more broadly in the world, politically but socially as well, environmentally, that, that those things make up a person and a person essentially is a building block of a business.
1: Correct. That's one. You've hit the nail on the head perfectly, Daniel. That is exactly it. And every little piece, is, as you said, is a building block to the whole organisation.
0: So everyone's got to be on your ship wanting to do well. Correct.
1: No business stays at the top of the ladder all the time either. That's part of strategy and human beings, no human being performs at a hundred percent. you know athletes, they all need to have a rest and everything else you know to have time off and then go back again. But if they're always trying to strive to be better, we're working in the right direction.
0: What advice would you give to an MBA graduate from USq about how to think about the business environment and how to understand it.
1: You've got to keep reading, 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 and read again. And when I say read, I don't mean reading books on how businesses operate. It's reading about what's happening out in that world. But on top of that, if you have good mentors, and like for myself, I have mentors on my same level. I have younger mentors, you know, like 22, 23 because I want to know what they're thinking and doing and everything else. And then I've got people around that 40 level, 40 age bracket. So I've got more than one mentor. Some are loose, some are more formal. And I've had those sort of relation mentors for about 15 odd years or so when I decided to change what I was doing. And when I when we read, it's not reading about how a business works. I I read about the environment. I I read about the political things um it's like the intergenerational report on australia read about black lives matter the whole everything makes the world tick and if the world's ticking your business has got to tick along with it there's no one thing operates in isolation
0: it sounds to me like you're describing business as a kind of cultural entity it's it's part of something that runs the whole world almost like politics or or culture itself.
1: True. I don't like to bring politics into business. We say that's not a good... I don't believe um, politics is a very positive environment, unfortunately. It could be, but I don't believe it is. But, yeah, business sets the scene of how we interact with the general public, who are our, our customers at the end of the day, and if we can interact with them in a fulfilling way, we'll give a better service and they will come back. And, and that's every business needs to have customers. That's what makes the world go round. And if you can ha- have a, a good engagement with your customers, guess what? They'll keep coming back. They'll tell someone else about it how they engaged with you. And then if your employees are the same, they're fully engaged, they'll have a better engagement or a better interaction with the customer your client, and it just keeps going and keeps building on it.
0: Paul, you mentioned the word fulfillment. I just want to end on one question. Can you tell me why do you do what you do? I love it. There we go. Um, <laughs> I, Short <laughs> answer. In one
1: word. Yeah, no, <laughs> but even though I'm a qualified accountant and I did that, you know, on a day-to-day basis up to 15 years ago, and I've been out in the workforce for over 40 years, I was probably getting bored and I needed to do something else. And then I thought, okay, let's see what I can do. And then I have I probably found my click where I, you know, I needed to get out. And I'll give you a little story on that. That 15 years ago when I'd spent a lot of time and money, I suppose, in my self-development. And one of the first things I did at Power Time and with, with this was we changed a few things and I got some change consultants in at Power Time and we we're running a, a bit of a strategy session with the senior managers, there was probably about 20 of them, I suppose. Anyway, I got up in front of everyone and was showing the vision that I thought the vision was of the organisation and everything, and I did a presentation which I thought would take half an hour to an hour. I was still up there giving the presentation probably three and a half hours later because I requested everyone's input and everything else, and I was so far off the mark it wasn't funny. And for me, that was the light bulb moment where I realised, hang on, it's not about me anymore. It's about everyone else in the organisation. It was a confronting three and a half hours and I probably needed, and I did have a big debrief with um, some people afterwards on it, but it was the best thing that ever happened. And from that day onwards, the whole organisation changed the way we operate. They were fully engaged. And I realised then it wasn't about me and my ego, because a leader shouldn't needs to have an ego, but it's not about the CEO or the leader. It's about the whole organisation, because an organisation doesn't operate on one person; it operates with everyone. So once the leader realises it's not about their ego, then I believe everyone gets engaged, and all of a sudden it becomes a whole piece. And for me, that was the most fulfilling thing that's ever happened to me. And probably I changed from then on.
0: Paul, that's probably one of the best pieces of advice we've ever had on this uh, podcast series. Uh, Thank you very much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. I I didn't think it was that enlightening, but anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Paul Hilton, Director of Paratynan. Information about our guests can always be found in the podcast show notes in your podcast app or on the course site. This has been a University of Southern Queensland podcast produced by the Office for the Advancement of Learning and Teaching.